All right. Okay. So, as you're as you're going there, um, I want you guys to consider a question. Um, how many of you guys uh, would say like you you have a squad? You know, you have a squad. Like, I think some of you guys might know what I'm talking about. It's like you know you have a group of people uh, that you know who are committed to some type of endeavor or some goal. You guys are doing some activity together. Maybe it's um, a group of friends. Uh, maybe it's a coworkers, colleagues. Uh, maybe it may be someone who, uh, people who have your back, people, you know, if you're going to do something difficult or challenging, you know, you would want to do it with them, you know, you know, they'd be there for you, and you know, you just roll up with your squad, like, uh, for me, back in college, when I played indoor soccer, uh, pick up indoor soccer, uh, I would go with my friends, and you know, we would form our own team, and then we would go and compete with, you know, other teams, with whoever's there, and, um, yeah, and that was kind of like my, one of my squads that I, that I had, I could always count on them, and, um, I want you guys to think about the characteristics of your group of friends or your, you know, people that you associate yourself with, right? Maybe, maybe it's like your, your clique or something like that. And for me, uh, for this indoor soccer squad, I would say that we were a pretty chill group. Like we, um, focused more on exercising than winning. So if we didn't win, that's okay. You know, we just don't want anyone to get like seriously injured or anything like that. Um, and we encourage each other really often. Um, even when we lost, it's okay, right? Encourage each other um, to do better. We also, you know, we had trust in each other. That's why we could, um, you know, win sometimes. It's because, you know, we trust each other like that. You're going to do the right thing. You're going to, you know, you're going to be able to do your part and all these things. And I want you guys to think about that. Like, what's, what characteristics do you have for your group? And then I want you guys to then transfer that to um, wh- what you think about a church. So what should characterize a church? Right, so we talked about church is literally just a group of people. What should characterize this particular group of people? And um, maybe just, just, just to go for it, I want you to share with someone next to you. So you got to find someone next to you. And just list out like one, two, three things that you think characterize a church. Like uh, something important. You know? um, just, just maybe take, take a moment to think about that. Share, try to share one to three things. Um, don't worry if you're right or wrong, you know, just, just want you guys to kind of think about it. Yeah. Like when, when you think church, like what three things might come to your mind? Like maybe like one word or like a short phrase when you think church. Yeah. Pick up a Bible and then, um, and then, yeah, uh, yeah, pick a Bible, come sit down. Yeah. So, so what we're doing right now is, um, yeah, why don't you just join a group and then they'll tell you what they're doing. Why, you guys just join a group and then, uh, they'll tell you what they're doing. Yeah. And you can join them. Yeah. Yeah, ooh. 
Ooh, calling people out. Whoa. Okay, all right. Okay, okay. Um, so I'll give you guys like 30 more seconds to maybe talk to, the, to someone who just came in. 30 more seconds and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to continue back here. wrap it up okay good i i i've been hearing some good discussion and um you know you guys are kind of getting your juices flowing that's good um and i'm 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 sure like everyone kind of came up with some different answers and there's probably a lot of overlap which is fine which is cool it's totally fine Okay. All right. Let's uh, let's uh, let's let's look up back here. So today, um, we're going to learn about uh, several characteristics of a church, and in, in particular, it's the Thessalonica church. Um, and I think it's really amazing that we can read uh, about one of the earliest churches um, that Paul, you know, and and his buddies they they planted. And um, I want you guys to think about that and, and consider this: is that. Uh, Believe it or not, all churches are, are roughly the same, okay? All churches are roughly the same. And why? Right, because the common denominator between all churches are what? Common denominator between all churches are? Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, yes? Humans. Humans, okay, yes, yes. Jesus Christ and also humans, right? Yeah, so I know I was just going for one answer. I'm sorry, I missed that, but that was also the... That was also the right answer. Um, but yes, I was going for humans. So people exist in all churches, okay? And because of that, um, you know, churches have a lot of similarities, right? Um, and people back then weren't so different than now. Yes, like the environment has changed. Um, like a lot has changed around us, right? Uh, maybe the way we relate to people or, or how we live our lives. Like, you know, diff- there's different things, you know, technology and whatnot, advancements. But people haven't really changed that much. When, we, when I read the Bible, I'm like, oh, man, like, I see myself in that. Or, like, oh, that's, that's, that's me. Or, like, oh, you know, like, that's what the Bible does, right? It, it, it's, it's, it's how God re- relates to his people, to humans. So, as the people gathered here... Uh, we are here because some of us is because of our relationship with God. Maybe some of us were seeking what this is. Maybe some of us, you know, we're just here because we are. But as a church, uh, Christians, we gather here, right, because of our relationship with God, primarily, and also with each other, and also with each other, okay? So what should our group look like then? Right, Hawk 4, what should our group look like? When people think Hawk 4, or when we think Hawk 4, what should we think? Or what would, should we hope to think or become? So I want to read verse 2 to 10. You can follow along in your Bibles. Verse 2 to 10, chapter 1. Uh, it says, We always thank God for all of you and continually mention you in our prayers. We remember before our God and Father your work produced by faith, your labor prompted by love, 
and your endurance inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. For we know, brothers and sisters, loved by God, that he has chosen you because our gospel came to you not simply with words, but also with power or with the Holy Spirit and deep conviction. You know how we lived among you for your sake. We became imitators of us. You became imitators of us and of the Lord. For you welcomed the message in the midst of severe suffering and the joy given by the Holy Spirit. And so you became a model to all the believers in Macedonia and Achaia. The Lord's message rang out from you not only... Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, sorry, I think I think I already read that. Oh, yeah. Uh, rang out from not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but your faith in God has become known everywhere. Therefore, we do not need to say anything about it. For they themselves report what kind of reception you gave us. Right? They tell how you turn to God from idols to serve the living and true God and to wait for his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead. Jesus, who rescues us from the coming wrath. So in verse 2, we find that Paul, Silas, and Timothy, okay, this group of people, they're thanking God for this young church that exists in the midst of persecution and suffering and living in a pagan culture. And in this passage, we learn a little more about this church. We learn a little more about the relationship between you know, Paul and this group and this church. And in verse 4, I want you guys to see, in verse 4, it says, uh, uh, We know, brothers and sisters, love by God, that he has chosen you. And how do we know that? Or how does Paul and, and his buddies know that? It's because the gospel came to you, not simply with words, but also with power, with the Holy Spirit and deep conviction. Right? So, I want you guys to think is that, and I want you guys to, to know is that when Paul and Silas and Timothy, when they first came here, they were strangers. They were strangers. They didn't know these Thessalonians. These Thessalonians didn't know them. Okay, this church didn't exist. And I want you to think about when a stranger comes up to you and um, tells you that they want to share something with you. Like, what's your reaction? What's your response? If a stranger, you know, wants to share something, they're like, "It's good news. I have some, I have some good news to tell you." Like, what's your reaction? Doubtful? Yeah? No? Anyone like, yeah, tell me. Like, I want to know. Like, yeah? Possibly, right? It's possible. But, yeah, like maybe kind of doubtful. Um, you know, I was, I was on, uh, I think it was like Instagram or Facebook. There's like this, this ad, and it was like, this guy was like basically telling you, hey, like I got this plan, and it's, it's like you just follow, the, you pay money, you buy this plan, and I'll share the secret with you, and then you're going to make a lot of money. And then I, in my mind, I'm like, mm. Like, I don't know about I don't know about this, right? I don't know about this. I, I, like, I have no relationship with you. I don't know who you are. I, I don't know if I could trust you with what you, you're going to say. And is it even worth like what I'm going to pay? And I don't know. Like, I, I don't know if I want to take the risk to make all that money or whatnot. Like, um, right? And you know, this was through a screen, right? There's no like face to face interaction. Nothing live. But back in this time, you know. These inhabitants, they would see Paul and his companions, and they would be, you know, maybe in the, they would be sharing the gospel, right? They'd be um, communicating with people. And then Paul and his companions are like, we want to share the good news with you. Like, uh, can I share that with you? Or maybe they'd be preaching or something like that. And then maybe like people would stop by and listen in the marketplace, things like that, in the, in the temples. 
And then in verse 5, what does it say? Right? Uh, you know how we lived among you for your sake. So this sentence, it really encapsulates how this group of Thessalonians came to become brothers and sisters with Paul and his friends. That really shows how they came together. That Paul and, and his friends, they, um, you know, they, they weren't out to scam them, right? They weren't out to, I don't know, like take advantage of them. Because, you know, people would do that in the, in the, in the, in the past. People would do that. You know, they would... Uh, you know, they would, they would try to sell something and then, or, and then you would have to pay them for, for whatever they want to give you. Like, and, and it would, you know, it was just like that. So they were, they weren't sure, but these people saw their lives. It says, you, we know how you lived among, uh, how we lived among you. They saw that. And because of that, they could trust them. So there's this, this, this relationship and it was really centered around the gospel message. And it doesn't end here because the Thessalonians, they ended up imitating them imitating them, right, the way they lived, what they believed, and then they ended up actually becoming a model for the people in that region, Macedonia, right, they ended up becoming a model as well. So, imitation exists all around us, right, you'll, you'll hear people like young athletes are like, oh, no, I want to become like the next, you know, Kobe, or, I, you know, like, you know, rest in peace, but, you know, like, I want to be the next Kobe, or like, I want to be the next Jordan, um, or LeBron, or whoever, right? Uh, I want to be the next superstar, or, you know, I want to be like the next Bill Gates, or, or whatnot, right? Steve Jobs. So people always want to imitate, even technology, right? It gets, it gets imitated. Like when, um, you know, uh, you know, like phones, like the screens just get, keep getting bigger, right? And then, you know, then you get the notch, right? And then like, you know, everyone's all about the notch, and then they're like, oh, the notch is, you know, it's bad, or whatever. And then, then they start taking away, like, you know, um, the audio, you know, like 3.5, like they start taking away that, that the audio jack, and then like they want you to use Bluetooth. So like, you know, there's these trends, and then people would would imitate that, right? People people would do that, and um, and I believe that you know every decision of uh, to imitate it actually comes from um, a meaning and purpose. So like when those uh, companies they would imitate like other people like I would even see like you know man Yeezys cost like three hundred or something five hundred but like you know you could buy fake ones for like sixty dollars but they but they look like almost exactly the same I, I saw this video this guy literally was like like using like um he had to use like uh, uh like uh, almost like like zooming in on his camera to like see the stitching how the stitching is like slightly different in like the heel area or something like that I'm like okay but you know imitation right. Imitation, you, you make good money, people are willing to pay for it, and no one can tell, no one's going to like, like look at your shoes like that and say, oh, there's a fake, right? No one's going to do that. Um, so imitation, right? Imitation. So they imitated Paul and his friends, and they ended up becoming a model. And by welcoming the gospel, it brought suffering, but it also brought joy through the Holy Spirit. In Galatians 5, 23, it says, it says this, um, right? Uh, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, right? So the Holy Spirit brings joy in the midst of suffering. And the Holy Spirit is given to every single believer, okay? So I believe that when we really hold fast to the gospel, and we really understand our relationship with God, we experience this joy. And I know for some of us, it's like, well, I don't know, like, 
Like, I don't know, I, I, my life is pretty good, right? Like, like, I just have tests or something, or I don't know, like, my life is generally pretty good, nothing too wrong with it. Um, I don't think I've ever suffered any persecution for my faith, anything like that. Um, like, you know, like, I guess, like, that comes when faith really becomes an integral part of your life. That's what I believe, and I think that's what's uh, become an integral part of their life. And I, want, and I want us to look at what does it look like to welcome the gospel message? Because that's what it says. They welcomed the gospel message. I want to look at that right now. And another word for welcome is to accept. So what do they model? Because we could say like, oh yeah, I welcome the gospel. Right? Can we say that together? Like, oh, I welcome the gospel. You say that. I welcome the gospel. Like, what, what, does that, what does that look like? What does that look like? So if we were to walk out of here just like, oh, I welcome the gospel. What does that look like, right? I want us to, uh, to. I want you guys to. Sh- I want to show you guys three points, three points, on how we can welcome the gospel in our lives. So first of all, it has to be visible and it has to be like copyable, because that's what Paul saw. He's like, you guys modeled it. You know, you guys were example of this. So it has to be able to be seen, right? It has to be visible. So in verse three, I want us to look. It says. We remember before our God and Father your work produced by faith, right? your labor prompted by love, and your endurance inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. So first one is, faith produces work. Faith produces work. Right? So it says, work produced by faith, right? So faith produces work. So I want to kind of give you guys some, um, I want to define some of these terms so that we really can, can understand it together. So when I say faith, Faith is not a um, leap of faith, okay? Faith is the state of believing, okay, based on the reliability of the thing or the one trusted, okay? It's the reliability. That, that's, that's your faith. And then work is an action or a manifestation or practical proof. Practical proof, okay? So when we put those two things together, Basically, it's, you got to practice what you believe. You got to practice what you believe. Right? Your actions need to match your words, right? right? A real faith isn't one that's hidden, right? A real faith can, is one that can be, can be seen. Because that's what Paul is saying here. It's able to be known by others. So when you say, uh, Jesus is my Lord, because that's what it says here in verse 3, right? Um, in our Lord Jesus Christ at the end of verse 3. So Jesus, if Jesus Christ is our Lord, do we actually grasp the seriousness of what that means? To say Jesus is my Lord? How, how many of you, guys, of you guys were baptized? How many of you guys are baptized? Raise your hand. Okay, so that's like more than half. Okay, more than half. So when you guys were baptized, you guys remember like, you know, saying yes, you know, Jesus is my Lord and Savior. Anyone say, you guys remember that? So when you, when you say that, like, Jesus is my Lord, you guys really understand the seriousness of that? It means that you've placed yourself under authority of Jesus. Right? Jesus becomes your master. And we're, we become servants who do Jesus' bidding. We, do, we follow his will. And we listen, we obey, we receive correction. And it means that we actually aren't on our throne anymore, okay? So before Jesus Christ, we're all chilling on our throne, Right? Like, oh, I'm the boss, I, I call the shots, I do what I want, I, you know, I say what's right, I say what's wrong, you know, and all these things. 
But when we submit ourselves to the authority of Jesus, we, we get off our throne, right? We kneel on the ground and we, we take off our crown and we place it at the feet of Jesus. That's what happens. So what kind of things, you know, are we talking about then? Because honestly, it's not hard to find what uh, God requires of us. It's not hard. Like if you guys just take your Bibles and you just flip to a random page, you'll probably be able to find something that, that talks about God's standards, something to, that you learn about God and, and kind of what, what, he, what he requires from you or, or how he wants you to live. It's not hard, okay? It's not hard to find that in the Bible. The Bible is filled with those teachings. So I'm just going to give us a for example. I'm going to read 2 Timothy 2.22. Okay, 2 Timothy 2.22. Just listen. Um, and I'm going to read uh, just this passage here. It says, So flee youthful passions and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace, among with those who call on the Lord from pure heart. Right? Have nothing to do with foolish, ignorant controversies, but know that they breed quarrels. And the Lord's servants, right, the Lord's servants, right, Jesus is our master, we must not be quarrelsome, but be kind to everyone. Right, able to teach patiently, enduring evil. Okay, like, oh, like, you know, enduring evil. So, like, not, not taking revenge or something. Um, not, uh, correcting his opponents with gentleness. Right, may God grant them repentance, leading to the a knowledge of the truth. And then I'm just going to skip. It says, you know, uh, you know in the last days, uh, people, there will be people uh, who are lovers of self, lovers of money, Proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving good, treacherous, reckless, right, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, right, having the appearance of godliness but denies power. Avoid such people. So in this passage alone, right, this is just one passage in the Bible, it talks about all these things that are displeasing to God, right? Like, don't be like this. Instead, you should, like, pursue righteousness, right? Pursue faith, love, and peace. So, if our faith is real, then we're going to be taking God's word seriously, right? And when I look at this passage alone, I'm already like, ooh, like, man, I've sinned so much, right? I've sinned so much. Um, man. Like, man, Pastor Phil, right? Sin so much, right? I'm, I'm human too, guys. Um, but you know, when I, when I read this passage, I, I recognize the seriousness of it. But at the same time, you know, I go back to the gospel. That's what I do. I have to remind myself of the good news of Jesus Christ. Right? Who lived and who died and who rose again. I have to remind myself of that. And I have to remind myself of my relationship with God the Father who loves me infinitely. Right? Who is literally the definition of love. Right? I confess my sins. ask for forgiveness. Right? I ask the Spirit to help me to you know, pursue righteousness and faith and love and peace. That's what we should be doing. And that should be, really be occurring every day. Because can anyone say they lived the perfect, you know, they were perfect for a whole day? Can anyone say that? Maybe, maybe if like, you were in a coma or something like that. I don't know. Like, you can't really actively make any decisions, right? Maybe if you're in a coma or something. But um, you know, if, you, if, you're, if you're alive and well. But, um, yeah. So, someone uh, sent me a video um, featuring Jordan Peterson. Right? Jordan Peterson. 
So uh, uh, Jordan Peterson, he's a clinical psychologist. And in this video, he answers a question that a lot of people ask him. So yeah, so uh, yeah. Um, and basically the question is, do you believe in God? Do you believe in God? And I really respect uh, him because he really understands that uh, belief and work, it needs to come together, right? Belief and work needs to come together. And for him, in so, like basically the short answer, and I, and I hope, you know, correct me later, you know who you are, correct me later if I, if I understood him wrong, but basically he said that he dared not say that he believed in God or he that he believes in God. He dared not say that because his life doesn't reflect that belief or whatever, however he wants to define belief. His life doesn't reflect that. So if it, he doesn't want to be someone who's, you know, hypocritical. He doesn't want to, you know, uh, like he wants his life to, to, make, to make sense that in that way. So that's why he, can't, he cannot honestly, you know, with a clear conscience say that he believes in God. And I was like, wow, like this guy, this guy, I, I can really respect that. I can really respect that. But I think that um, his starting point is, is different than a believer's. His starting point's different than the believer's. And, I, and, I'll, and I'll say this, I'll say why. Um, but in Matthew five forty eight, it says, uh, Jesus, he's teaching, he says, you are uh, to be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect. Right? So God did man's perfection. Right. God wants us to be perfect. And I believe that, you know, uh, Jordan Peterson, he also kind of has this this uh, in mind, too. It's like, you know, my life has to be, you know, like lived in the way in, in what I believe. And, you know, if, if God is, you know, you know, demanding all these things from me and I'm not able to to live it out that way or, 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 or whatnot, then like, am I really believing God? Like, that's kind of what he's saying. But, you know, Jesus also kind of taught the same thing. He says that, you know, we're supposed to be perfect. But it's in a different sense. God, he wants us to strive for holiness, right? He wants us to strive for righteousness, for godliness. But the difference is that belief in Jesus has already made us righteous, right? Belief in Jesus has already made us holy. In God's eyes, um, we're clean. We're clean. Right? We no longer face the wrath of God. Right? We no longer wait for hell. But we still have the responsibility to strive for righteousness, though. Still, we still have that responsibility. And I think you know, that's really amazing, though. Like, it's, it's not a work-based uh, salvation. It's not a work-based faith. We don't earn anything. Because we don't deserve anything. Right? It's really grace. But still, you know... We have to work. Still, we work, right? So, the first one, you know, that that, that I share with you is that um, is that uh, faith produces work. Okay, so if you truly have real faith, you know, your life is gonna is, is gonna want to go down that route. Okay, of, of, of producing that work. Okay, doesn't mean we're perfect, but we go down that route. And the next one is love prompts labor. Love prompts labor. So labor is something that's difficult. Labor is something that's, um, you know, 
it's, it's, it's a struggle, okay? Labor. So think about like um, manual labor or something like that. Like all of us here, we're not like, um, I don't think we're in that manual labor, like a workforce and whatnot. But like, I don't think I could outlast a day out there. But uh, you know, like think about labor, something, maybe there's different labor though, right? Maybe uh, your schoolwork, that, that could be laboring as well, right? Maybe uh, like programming, that's laboring as well. It's, it's difficult. Like we all labor in different ways. But think about something that's difficult to do. Okay, and, and, and it takes effort to do. It takes effort to do. So, and love, what is love? Love is affection or goodwill. So, labor, uh, so love prompts labor. So, if we really have affection for someone, okay, if we really love someone, even when it's hard, even when it's difficult, even when we don't want to, we're going to try to do that. We're going to try to do that. That's what it really means here. So in Matthew um, 5, verse 43, it says, You have heard that it was said, so Jesus is speaking, You shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. All right, so, and then you know, it says, For he makes the sun rise on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even tax collectors do the same? And if you only greet your brothers, uh, what more are you doing than others? Right? Do not even the Gentiles do the same, and therefore must be perfect, as your heavenly, uh, heavenly Father is perfect. Right, so basically, um, it's like, like, if you do the bare minimum, if you do the bare minimum, like, what, like other people who aren't even believers can do that too. Other people who aren't even believers can do that too. You guys heard of the, the, the golden rule? Golden rule? Yeah. What, what, just some, what's the golden rule? Just, yeah, exactly. When I was in elementary school, there was actually an award, okay, that a teacher would give out every month to the, the students that best, you know, uh, best, you know, uh, 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 like live, live that out, okay? And um, it was always this one girl. It was the same girl, okay? Every month. Almost every month, okay? And I was like, I was like, why, why, why is it always her? Why is it always her? Um, and, I was, and, I, and, I, and I was thinking, and I was like, you know what? It's probably because she never talks. Like, honestly, this girl, she, like, never talked, okay? Like, only when she was, like, called on or something, she would talk. So, she never talked. And I'm like, and, you know, she didn't have that many friends as well or something. So, like, maybe she never, like... She, she never had much interaction with people. So, like, of course then, like, you know, if you don't talk and you don't have much interaction with people, then you're going to look like someone who is, like, really, um, you know, like, like, you know, like, good or something, right? You're never in trouble. Like, like for me, you know, I, I got in trouble. So, like, if I get in trouble, then I'm not going to get the award, right? Basically, that's what it means. So, in my mind, I was like, okay, like, and I was kind of jealous. I was like, oh, like, that's, that's why, probably why. So, like, oh, this, this award is stupid. Like, I don't care anyway. But then, like, I won it one time, and I was like, oh, I'm so good. But, like, so, like, um, even, even non-believers can do that, okay? Even non-believers can do that. But what God wants is really something higher than that. It says, like, even evil people can do good, right? Even evil people can 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 do uh, love other people who love them. But what's different, what God wants is to love other people even when they're not good to us. 
Right? Love prompts labor. And in fact, that doesn't just go for enemies, but that goes for like your own family too, right? It, it goes for this, this group here too. Because love is love is, 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 is an action. And it's 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 not easy, right? It's not easy at times. It's really not easy. And this is challenging, I mean, for myself as as well. Right, uh, you know, believers, believers, they can get into arguments, right? They can get into quarrels. Um, even, even family, they can have fights, right? There can be tension. People can get hurt. There will be pain. And I think that, you know, Pastor Kelly, in, in the last sermon that we watched, you know, on the family, um, he said this phrase, and um, it really, like, struck a chord with me. He was like, sometimes... I don't even want to be, like, be a part of my own family. That's what he said. And when he said that, I was like, whoo, like, did you just say that? Like, man, you're like the dad. Like, like if your children heard that or your wife heard that, I wish probably they did, like, like how they feel, right? Um, that's what I was thinking. But, man, I was, when I heard that, I was like, man, wow, that, that really hit deep. Because um, loving each other isn't, isn't easy at times. It's not easy all the time. But in 1 John 4, 7 and 8, um, it says this, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and anyone that loveth is born of God and knows God. Right? He that uh, does not love does not know God. So, because God is love. That's what it says. We should be loving one another. And if we don't love one another, what does that say about us? It means that we don't really know God. Because God is love, Right? In, in 1 John uh, 3.16, it says this, By this we know, love, that he, meaning Jesus, laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for, our, for the brothers. Because Jesus, he laid down his life for us, we're supposed to lay down our lives for our brothers, our sisters. Right? Laying down your life, that's, a, that's, that's called sacrifice, right? That's called sacrifice. Would you guys lay down your life for uh, someone that you don't know? Like, maybe, right? But, like, these are your brothers, so, like, you're, these are your sisters. So how much more should you be doing that, right? So I believe that when we truly understand God's love for us through Jesus, you know, we are, we are moved and we are encouraged to love others even when it hurts, right? Even when, at the moment, we're like, no, no, I don't want to. Like, no, like, I'd rather die than, than love this person. I'd rather, like, you know... I've never, I'd rather like, yeah, like, I'd rather die than do that. And, but love is an action, though. Um, Valentine's was, uh, was on Friday, right? Valentine's was on yeah. Friday. Um, and then I saw this, uh, the stat, it said, uh, I, I believe it said that um, Americans spent, I think, roughly $800 million on Valentine's Day. For their pets. For their pets. Okay. Pet owners, like, they bought their pets, like, treats and toys and, like, um, clothes and stuff. And it, I was like, I didn't know this was such a big, like, like industry thing. But apparently it is. Okay. And, you know, there are, like, dog parlors, like, dog massages. You know, your, your dog, like, soaks in, like, a bath. And people will actually, like, massage a dog. Or they, like, give it manicure and, like, give it a, you know, they, they like, they, they cut, you know, the, 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 the fur. And then they, like, you know, like, pamper your pet for you, basically. Right? 
Uh, and I'm like, wow, you know, like it's a it's a huge it's a huge thing. But right, love is an, love is actually so. These people love their pets. Um, I guess I get, yeah. I guess they're like, I don't I don't need a man or I don't need a woman. Like my pet, my I just need a I just need a pet, right? Uh, my pet will never be, betray me or my my pet will never hurt me or something like that. I don't know. Um, but love is an action. So we all receive love differently, or I mean, how we feel love differently. I'm heard, I think most of us maybe, maybe have heard of the five love languages, right? five love languages. So first is like words of affirmation, um, quality time, uh, receiving gifts, uh, acts of service, and physical touch. Right? So some of us, you know, um, basically it's like, it's like, hey, you know, you did great. Like, I, like, I love the way you did this. Or like, man, you're, you're, you're awesome at this. You know, people are like, oh, I feel loved when people say that. Or quality time, like, man, it's, it's really not what we uh, you know, it's not really how much money we spend to do something, but it's, it's you being all there. You being all there. You're, you're, you're attentive, you know, maybe you're not like on your phone the whole time or texting or whatnot. You're focused, you're listening, you're, you're being there, right? Maybe receiving gifts. Some people are like, like they love birthdays or they love like um, when people travel, like if people bring them souvenirs, they like, they love that. Oh, you're thinking about me. Right, you thought about me, and you thought about what I like, and then you got me a gift. Like, I, I love that. Some people are like acts of service. Like, man, I don't, I don't care how many gifts you give me, um, but what I really want to see is that like you, uh, you, 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 uh, you do something. Okay, you do something like wash the dishes, or uh, I don't know, vacuum, or um, like go get groceries, or something like I don't know, like acts of service, right? That in that sense, or physical touch, like you no. Know, like, when, when, when someone pats you on the back or someone gives you a hug, you know, or a high five or, um, you know, some, something like that. It's just like, you know, they feel loved in that, in that way, right? So we all have different ways. Um, and, you know, these things aren't necessarily in the Bible, okay? But I think that, it, you know, it, it has some truth to it as well. We feel love in different ways. And I think a great way in which we can get to know each other better is to ask each other um, after service or sometime, like, how do you feel love, right? Or... Yeah, how, how do you, when do you feel loved? And then from that, you can kind of know, like, man, how can I love someone else? So think about that, okay, and give you some guidelines. And then the third one that leads us to this is that hope in Jesus inspires endurance. Okay, hope in Jesus inspires endurance. So endurance is the capacity to hold out or to bear up with something difficult. And hope is looking forward with confidence, right, that, that something is going to be fulfilled. Right, I kind of shared this with the young adults last week. Right. So the only reason why we can keep going and living it out for Christ is because of hope. Right, hope that Jesus, you know, he's preparing a place for us and he's coming back again. Because when, when we read uh, chapter 4, so turn to chapter 4, it's probably like the next page. Chapter 4, uh, verse 13. I want you to read this uh, with me. It says, Brothers and sisters, we do not want you to be uninformed about those who sleep in death, so that you do not grieve like the rest of mankind who have no hope. Okay, for we believe that Jesus died and rose again, and so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him, according to the Lord's word. And we tell you that we uh, who are still alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord will certainly not precede those who have fallen asleep. Right? For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet, a call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. 
After that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so we will be with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. So basically, um, there's a group of people, they started to teach in this church, in Thessalonian church. They're like, if you're dead, uh, you're not going to be with Jesus. If if, If you're dead, you're not going to be with Jesus. Only the people who are still living, you know, when, uh, you know, when Jesus comes back, gets to be with Jesus. Okay, that, that, that's basically what some people were teaching. And this caused a panic, okay? This caused a panic because people were like, what? Like, I'm not going to be with God? Like, if I'm dead? Then, you know, there's two reactions. One reaction would be, okay, well, then let me do everything to stay alive. Like, maybe let me just, like, close myself in my house or something and not go outside um, so I can stay alive. Because, like, everyone believes that Jesus is coming back in their lifetime, right? So, like, to them, like, they, they thought Jesus was coming back really soon. You know, like, so they're like, I got to stay alive. So when Jesus is back, I can go to be with him. Um, you know, so, like, for us, like, I mean, it's, it's feasible. Like, you, people can work from home these days. Um, there's uh, Amazon delivery, right? Like people can, everything can just get delivered to your house. Like uh, there's groceries can be delivered. You can order food. It can go to your house, right? You literally don't really need to leave your house to stay alive, right? And the less you go outside, you know, the higher chances you stay alive because less, less uh, things that happen, right? Like you're not driving, you know, no, no one coughing on you or something like that, uh, you know, to get sick and whatnot. So it's really less, Right. So, so is that what they're supposed to do now? They live every day in fear, right? Restricting themselves and they're like, oh, today I might die. Today I might die and then I won't be with God. So this is what some people are thinking. Another group might be thinking, okay, well, what are, my, what are the odds of staying alive? And if I die, then it, everything's meaningless. So why not just do whatever I want then? Right? Why not just, like, as long as I'm alive, live life my way and do whatever I want. Like, I don't have to care about Jesus being Lord or Jesus being Master. I just do whatever I want because, like, if I die, like, you know, uh, uh, suddenly, then at least I lived the life I wanted to or something. Right? That could, that, that's another option. But then, but then what, is, what does Paul say? He's like, guys, 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 you guys are not people without hope, Okay? You guys are not people without hope. You guys have hope. Why? Because Jesus died and God raised Jesus from the dead. So why can't God do that for you? Why can't God do that for you? God can raise you from the dead and you will be with the Lord. So you have hope. So don't, don't listen to these teachings that like, if you die, you're not going to be with the Lord. And because we have this hope, we can endure Right? Hope inspires endurance. Hope in Jesus inspires endurance. That's why we can keep going. Right? Because Jesus is coming back and we have every reason to endure. And to not give up when life gets difficult, when we don't want to obey God. Right? When we don't want to face our sin. Right? When we don't want to run away and flee, our tempta- flee temptation. Right? When we don't want to love like we can, we, we can strive for that. We can endure because we have hope that one day our life in this planet will be over 
right? Maybe some of us will live 70 years, 80 years, 90 years, 100 years. Who knows? But those years are not wasted, right? Our eternity is secure. It is secure. And but what we should rather do is that we should make those days count. That's what we should do. We should make those days count, right? Every day is an opportunity. Every day is an opportunity to, to, to endure. Every day is an opportunity to, uh, to labor, right? To, to uh, uh, you know, a love that produces labor. Every day is an opportunity to work, right? A faith that, produ- you know, that, that works. Every day is an opportunity for that. And that is what a church should be like. When, when people see a church, they should see, man, these people, they really love each other. They, they express love to one another. They express love to other people. When they see, see a church, they, they see that uh, you know, people are striving to you know, uh, have, their, have their words and their actions match. Right? Their words and their actions match. To have their faith and their, and their actions match up. Like No one's perfect, right? But a church that really strives for that. Right, a church with people that endure and continue in the faith. And really, every day is an opportunity to grow in our relationship with God. I know everyone here is you know, in a different place. Right? Some of us maybe, um, yeah, we, we, uh, we've been baptized for a long time, but maybe we're like, but I've never really read the Bible. Um, I don't really know this God that well. Like, I know what I know from like, Sunday school or something. Um, or, I don't know, like Bible stories when I was a kid or something like that. But... Every day is an opportunity to learn more about God, to grow. So I encourage you, do we have a Bible reading plan? Okay, Bible reading plan. Um, if you need another copy or a handout, let me know. Uh, for those of you who do have one, I encourage you, you know, to try and keep up with that. Uh, maybe you're far behind. That's okay. Just go to the day that we're on and just, just start from there. Right? Just go from there. And, and, and it, you can subscribe to the email. And in the email, it will remind you every day. And it will also have a little short, like, Commentary explanation, which takes like two minutes to read, that helps you to really understand what you're reading. Okay, so anyone can read the Bible. Anyone can read the Bible. The, re- the Bible is readable for everyone. Um, so um, I want to pray for us, and then as we uh, you know close our service, I know we're going kind of late today, and we'll probably just skip the last song because we won't have time. Um, but let me. I just want to pray for us. Uh, so would you? Yeah, would you please stand um, as, as I pray? So, Lord, I, I pray that each one of us, we would come to a deeper understanding of, you know, God as our Father, you, you who, are, who, who is a good Father, and, and the Son, right, who, who sacrificed Himself for us, who showed us, you know, what love is, you know, Lord, that, that we can really follow Your command to love one another, Lord, because we know that You loved us. We have a perfect example of that. Lord, that, that Your Holy Spirit would continually work in us, that it would be uh, that we would have you know love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self control, uh, because because we have the Holy Spirit that, that you've given us, that we can persevere, we can endure. Or I, I I really pray that these characteristics that you know the faith that you know produces works um, will be a part of our lives, um, that we wouldn't do our work uh, based out of uh, trying to earn anything, earn your favor or earn our salvation or anything like that but it's really coming from understanding that you know you are a master you are a lord so you know uh, we want to please you and we want to do what what is right we want to strive for righteousness that's why we're we're doing these works lord uh, that that loves that that you know that prompts labor um, would be a part of our lives it would, would be a part of our church and this group here that we would um you know strive to love uh, even when it when it 
you know, even when we don't want to, right? Even when it's hard, even maybe when we're hating the person or something, but, you know, because we, we have received love ourselves. That's why we can love. Would that be a part of our lives? And also um, a hope that in, in Christ Jesus that inspires endurance, that, um, that we know that, you know, we're, we're going to, you know, death is coming to us all, you know, in, in, in physically, uh, but we have hope. We have hope that we don't need to give up. We don't need to be in fear that, that if we die, that, that you know, we miss out on being with you. We know that you are powerful and, and, and you can raise us, Lord, from the dead. And we really believe in that, that we place our hope in you and we in that endure. And that it would really manifest in our lives. So I pray that this church would be filled with people who have these things. Um, God, and uh, you know, uh, we, we ask that you would do a work in our hearts and our lives today. Um, so would you help us and help us to encourage one another as we go forth and practice this? Because, you know, that, that's what it is now. You know, it's, it's on us to, to really to practice this uh, with, your, with, with the Spirit and empowerment. So I um, pray this all in the name of Jesus. Amen. Yeah, so, um, yeah, so uh, please be seated. Um, I'm just going to give uh, just a quick announcement because I know some of you guys weren't here yet. But uh, we're trying to change our service time to 11 uh, a.m. starting sometime in March. So if you have any uh, concerns or questions... Please come talk to me or Elder Jerry. Uh, we, we want to make this transition as uh, smooth as possible, and this would affect everyone. So um, please come talk to us if, if, if it's not good or you have any suggestions or whatnot. Uh, let your parents know about this and have them come talk to us as well if, if there's any issues. Um, and I hope this will be a good change for everyone, right? We can all get some more sleep. Um, and, and uh, yeah, and, and you know, we can all come with our families together at the same time, which would be a really, really great, really wonderful thing. Um, and also, after, after service, we're going to be doing some more cleaning out of the children's room. So if you want to stick around for that, uh, that would be a great way to, to love right, the people in our church. Because um, since we're using this room right now, and then the kids will have to move out. So like, we don't want to just like, kick them out into a dirty room. right? We want to prepare a nice room for them. So um, yeah, if you want to stick around for that. I really appreciate it. Um, if you brought any offerings, you can just put it in the bag in the back as you head out. And then as you leave, uh, please help us stack the chairs, and then uh, we'll meet you outside. All right. Uh, God bless you, everyone.